podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Are you okay now? That's a big question. Well, we, we both have the answer to that is no. <laughs> is that the... I don't hear echo now. I feel okay. I'm, you know, I think uh, the carpet's eating some of it. It's, we've heard the response from the community. We sure have. They are not happy, and I agree with them. I am driven crazy myself by listening to this podcast. Uh, I do think it's very funny, though, that they got to hear our musical chairs... <laughs> the sad. <laughs> uh, I've now given Andy a better microphone than I have, so maybe that was the problem, folks. Maybe uh, he was well, no, we were using trying to keep me oppressed. Very similar microphones, uh-huh. and we switched microphones throughout. I mean, right? There was a lot of. There were, we, we tried, tried a lot of. We <laughs> troubleshot every. I think I'm a little loud. Oh, okay. It's about time. <laughs> some, some, finally, he's a. Uh, oh, that's me. I'm gonna take you and do that. Okay. Oh, uh, testing. Better. A uh, little bit. Little bit. Is split the difference. Split the diff. Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna split go. the diff. Okay. There we go. That's, I split the diff. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just that's make sure I'm louder be. than you now. No. 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 <laughs> no you sound like you're a you're a god, and I just. <laughs> Someone did suggest to me maybe try a headset mic. Stephen Rains, our friend, did, and I thought. Uh, that would be fun, because uh, then I could pretend I'm a Borg, which is what kind of you said perhaps was the problem last well. week anyway, <laughs> that I was secretly a Borg. Secundus of Borg. It's not a secret. Is that what it, it's Locutus? Is that his name? When in the, in the thing? His name is Locutus of Borg, yeah. Uh, he, but I don't, you don't, you'd get a whole new name, Andy. You'd, oh. you'd be like named, I don't know. Wait, why can't I be Secundus? Like, it's not like he's... Locutus because they read John <laughs> Luke and they were like Locutus John John Locutus. I think you justified it more than uh, than I did. I justified it more than Michael Piller did. <laughs> did he write that episode? He sure did. Um, and then uh, uh, we haven't opened. Uh, <laughs> we haven't. Are we? Are we recording? We're in the show now. We're right? in the show. We've been in the show. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, everybody, but we've been in the show. All right. Um. Derek Boynton had said, uh, is Andy going to do every podcast from inside of Jeffrey's tube? Which I thought was funny. Very funny. I saw that. I probably hearted it, too. You probably did. Um, I don't know. You talk. I gotta okay. Set up sound effects and stuff. Well, first of all, <laughs> thank you for bearing with us through all of Andy's problems. Um, I appreciate problems. it. Nope. It's mostly Andy's. Uh, <laughs> well, his voice doesn't work. We'll have to do a poll. We've left his... Um, let's just call it a bare kitchen. We've left it. We are now in a carpeted office. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, already sounds better. It does sound better. It was the kitchen. Okay, you can blame the kitchen, but we've That's got where it in I your... prepare my culinary delights. It's, you know, you can't do a podcast. Oh, you're there. Peter Bread on the floor. <laughs> That's where you receive your culinary <laughs> delights from Postmates. It fell out <laughs> while I was preparing a very lavish Mediterranean meal. <laughs> um, using only a plastic bag. 
and probably a styrofoam container. Um, well, you know, a, a, a true chef can uh, can work with whatever tools are at hand. Now, we don't know for sure, but this office might be a punishment zone. Now, we're not told. Andy's law works a lot like oh, no, the previous week. Falling into this glass case. <laughs> Oh, with no. collectibles. Get out. You can't go in there. <laughs> I've broken a bunch of sci-fi collectibles. <laughs> you can't. Don't touch the Rod Sterling action figure. <laughs> Rod Sterling. Ha <laughs> ha. You said Rod Sterling. I said Rod Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> Send your tweets to at Matt Myra. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Yeah, you don't. Um, hey, uh, Matt. Yes, sir. Oh, we didn't plug me in. No, you're plugged in. Oh, no, no you're not. Computer. I heard that. I heard that pretty well, though. You heard it, sure. I think I, the audience heard it too. I think. Uh, I really thought for a moment that we had nailed it, and <laughs> we, we were like so set we up were and ready about to go to be a legitimate. I can't deal with this. Embarrassing podcast. I don't love our fumbling into the beginning of episodes that there's constantly a, happens. There's a split vote, and I could very well edit this stuff out, but that's out of my laziness that you're hearing this. I know that. You know, I uh, I got some advice from uh, from you know what maybe I shouldn't even bring this up now, but I got some advice from from uh, Kevin Porter, uh-huh. friend from yep. Uh, yep KT yeah because you would you would commented on how well their their show is produced which it is yeah um, and uh, he gave me various suggestions which I have not applied. <laughs> Where did you run into him? I didn't run into him. I tweeted at. Him. Oh boy. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Just Stop as in any interaction bothering with Kevin, just as in any interaction with a girl, I could tell the moment that I had stopped being entertaining to him, and he was like, uh, "Maybe try this." Uh, <laughs> it was pretty great, nonetheless. Captain, we are being hailed. Hailing frequencies are open. Hailing frequencies are open. Um, the first one is from uh, Alyssa L. Mm-hmm. Um, Alyssa Lukeman, and she says, "Hey guys, love the podcast so much. Uh, my fiance and I came across it during a road trip. You guys are a perfect company. We went to the Star Trek convention in Burlingame, uh, Bay, Area, Bay Area represent, back in December, where my then boyfriend almost did uh, a public proposal during during Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner's Q and A. Thankfully, he didn't. He was too nervous. But my engagement <coughs> ring is rose gold with pink quartz." Do you know why it's pink quartz, Matt? Yeah, that's what colored dilithium is. That's exactly right. The level of thoughtfulness and nerdiness confirmed that I had indeed chosen the right person to spend the rest of my life with. Anyway, cannot wait until Andy begins discovering the later seasons. I'm hoping to see a plotted graph <laughs> detailing how the average amount of Andes went up uh, as the seasons progressed. Thanks so much, guys. Well, I mean, Andy, it's not like it's not like a walk on Risa, the later seasons. It's not like they're all, you know wonderful episodes do you mean like a walk through la florian <laughs> sure <laughs> uh i it's it's a um you know even in later seasons there's gonna be some two andies some three andies i love how andy decided i'm not for the listener at home when you hear some 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 clanging uh it's because andy chose to use the loudest straw in the history of straws it is stainless steel in a coffee mug like like the podcast amateur i I am i thought well i'm drinking iced coffee i should drink it from this steel straw I also put my steel water uh, thermos on uh, the steel drawer. That... The only like way this would be funnier is if you kept your coffee on a drum set. 
All right, I got some to learn. That's all. That's okay. Um, hi, Matt and Andy. I can't believe you didn't mention Wesley. This is from Justice, the last yes, episode. Sure. And this is from Sarah Billingsley. Can't believe you didn't mention Wesley Crusher's strange, chunky, poo-colored future sweater, which was so awkward and out of place on this obviously Southern California love boat-themed planet. After all that running around everywhere in a wool sweater on a 90-degree day, maybe Wesley was suffering from temporary heat stroke, which caused him to tumble into... Yeah, but I don't know if they take that as a defense. Because no, it was in a punishment zone. No, it's very clear. It you break seems the rules, like you're dead. You're dead. Dead. That's it. With the tiny little little uh little syringe i don't think we mentioned around. that sweater because i feel like the, living in los angeles you know it's sweater weather currently and we you know noted. i've recently driven through silver lake and i've seen that sweater on people i will say um this episode which we're about to oh do you want to again, no go ahead chaos. ask me a question what do you want to say now whether they should watch the battle which is the episode we're about to discuss i would say yes only because you get a bit of Picard backstory. Okay. And it's worth it canonically. Uh-huh. You, you know, you hear about the Picard maneuver, etc., etc. nice. Let me just uh, double check. I sound okay to you now? You sound fine. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, the, th- the other thing I was going to comment about Sarah's letter was that uh, this episode, The Battle, yeah. is the first one, if I'm not mistaken, that Wesley is wearing sort of... His the, his acting Ensign Wesley uniform. Oh, is that what that is? I wondered, because that's, you know, is as little as I know the show, that's the one that I imagine him in, right. in an action figure wearing. Yeah, it's not till season three where he gets a real uniform. Gotcha. Um, but so, in regards to that uniform, uh-huh. you know, our good old buddy John. All right, here we go. Who loves to write in about uniforms. Please shop at Anovos. Um, we're, they're, not, they're not sponsoring us. Stop helping. Me. I know, but I have. Okay, so he reports that. Are you getting some swag on the side? No. Uh, swag. Swag? The title of this week's episode has to be a metaphor for getting through this season the battle. <laughs> <laughs> In which Will gets his first acting ensign uniform. Oh, and Picard gets a headache from his old ship. <laughs> <laughs> the original season one. Acting ensign uniform is actually a provisional uniform that Wesley presumably replicated up for himself. At the point Picard made Wes an acting ensign, uh, Wes was to study and become familiar with all the ship's systems, uh, and thus the reason for why this tunic is displayed uh, Starfleet's three primary division colors, command, operations, and sciences. There you go. Interesting. He'll get a better looking and significantly more comfortable provisional uniform in season two. Nice. They made hoodies of it. You know, that that uniform? Oh, yeah? And he sent me a pic of Will wearing the hoodie. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the uh, our, our Instagram up and running. I'll tell you what I do. Oh, I can't wait. And so we'll put that picture up there. Great. If, if that's okay with uh, Mr. Whedon. Oh, I'll, I'll hit him up. Um, what's your friend's name from Bonobos? John. John. John, you know, uh, if you're giving any uh, swag to, uh... I have not, I don't have any swag. You know, it's only fair. I don't have any swag. (laughs) I have not gotten any swag. You can send it to me. Although, I do actively swing by the Bonobos booth every Uh Comic-Con. It's a fucking great booth. I was promised a uh, a Wrath of Khan Admiral's uniform that that I have yet to receive... Which is good because I probably would be too fat for it right now. So 
I would love one of those. I'd have to. I wonder if John could if research and find out, uh, you know, because he's into costuming. Sure. Uh, what girdle William Shatner wore? <laughs> and I'll get that. Was it Starfleet regulation? It's <laughs> a great question. So if you're ever at Comic-Con in San Diego, Andy, swing by the Inovos booth. Tell them you know Matt Myra. And maybe they'll let you take a picture with a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably just grab a selfie real quick without asking anybody. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I need your to name drop you. Um, So, uh, next letter. What's the next letter? Well, I I was going into the yeah, but I was going into the 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 description of the Riker Kirk thing. Did you want me to? Oh, she PS that right? Yes. So okay. Uh, Also, who's a bigger? She's wondering who. She says, who is a bigger man, ho? Captain Kirk or Commander Riker? They're both pretty bad. I'm mm. torn. Um, and this was uh, uh, this was not in response to, but weirdly parallel to my tweet. Who can get it? Uh, Riker versus Kirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first thought from Ashley Brown. Um, a lot of a lot of passionate responses to that to that tweet. Sure, Matt. And uh, the first the first response was um, that Picard is the first option or any option at all is a travesty. Which I responded, well, Picard's. I, my take was Picard's kind of a different type. So if you're going to be into him, then I just didn't want to split the vote. I wanted to know Riker versus Kirk, who are similar so types. Who's a, who's a similar type to Picard in the original series? Oh, interesting question. But I will say Ashley Brown's uh, follow up to that is fair enough. In the who would you settle down with in the French countryside, let's agree that Picard is a no-brainer, which I thought was funny. Um, in the original series, hmm, uh, McCoy? There's no proxy, I don't think. I don't think there is. McCoy? It would probably be Spock, really. But it would be Spock versus Data. Right, that's the real. Right. And then Riker and Kirk and McCoy and Dr. Polanski. Pulaski. Well, no one's going to. Why not McCoy versus Crusher? Ah, she has no personality. That's Wh- sort of the problem with her. Crusher? Yeah. Whoa. That Whereas. A, that's a heavy statement to just I mean, throw she out starts there to develop a personality in season three, but, uh-huh. you know. Listen, it's not, I'm not criticizing Gates McFadden, who I think is wonderful. Uh huh. You're saying it's I'm in talking the, writing. About the writing that, uh-huh. for the character. Well, I don't know. That's a. Uh... I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely an issue. Uh, they, they do not flesh her out. Um, well, anyway, the re- the responses were very strong. My uh, my favorite one was from uh, Carl Alden, who said, uh, uh, as he saw as he saw all the results coming in, all polls that don't say Kirk are fake news. <laughs> True. Um, and I'll just skip to skip ahead. Uh, Riker won handily with sixty two percent, beating. Kirk's thirty eight percent, which shocked me. I kind of, as a as an original series booster, it didn't even occur to me that this was a fair a fair face off. And um, you know, Riker just beat the pants off him, so to speak. Uh, Wyoming hippie said uh, these results are bananas. Um, and then the uh, the 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 uh, positive Riker uh, responses. Matthias uh, said, Riker, Kirk was a little pushy. Riker was a casual Lothario, but still stood up for powerful women. Um, So, Brandon Davis uh, proposed, I clicked Kirk, but then thought given the difference in our society, maybe Riker um, is more attractive now, which I thought was interesting. Like, Kirk is more of an old school... 
kind of man's man. An old Rikers. Hollywood Lothario. Right. Kind of maybe a little too masculine for the uh, for the modern day tastes. <laughs> too masculine. Well, let's say aggressive. A little too aggressive. Sure. Uh, whereas whereas uh, Riker is a little bit... I would think Riker is a little bit... Sleazy, you know, I think though, this is no? a question for the ages that we aren't going to answer. We here. need a female guest. Sure, that's the kind of perspective we don't bring here on Star Trek: The Next Conversation. Let me ask you this: Yes, I would fuck Riker. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs> I had a more nuanced question. Which sure, is, who would you want as your wingman? But. Uh... Well, I figured I'd answer it for you. I will say, Riker would definitely make a better wingman. I think he would look out for you, whereas Kirk would just go in and yeah, and he'd be on his own. <laughs> if, if 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 James Tiberius wants it, James Tiberius gets it. Okay, here's the last let, letter. Oh man, I'm so bad at my job. Justice is a uh, this is from Daniel Hitch. Justice is a tough episode. Although speaking as a failed philosopher, not without the potential to ignite a great debate or two with intellectual types. About cultural subjectivism and diplomatic respect. Diplomatic that... immunity. <laughs> Leave the weapon, too. Thank you. That being said, it's an episode designed to... One of the dumbest moments in Leave the Weapon, too. <laughs> to digress for a moment. He I... Just, I think he just killed somebody and he's holding up a, a thing saying diplomatic immunity. It's such bad writing. I think it's great. All right. Well, Was that yeah. Shane Black, too? No. He's no, the first one. I don't think so. Interesting question. I apologize, Shane Black, if that was you. Um, I, know, I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm not having a crazy Coke-filled party somewhere in Hollywood in the afternoon. Um, oh, by the way, invite me. Uh, that being said, uh, it's an episode designed to get some tits and ass into Star Trek, so win some, lose some. So I disagree with Daniel on this. I don't think it's... Uh, it's worthy of igniting a great debate because I think the episode takes no position and the Edo Lord who sets up these rules, their perspective is completely unclear. So I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit, and this was a problem I think I see with a lot of uh, the early episodes. Lethal Weapon 2, he wrote the story. Shane Black. Yeah. Well, you can't really hold them responsible then. Who I knows? Won't. Who knows how many? If, it, if somebody wrote the story, that means there were a lot of changes in between when they were involved and when uh, it went to the screen. But uh, nonetheless, my point is, I feel like many of these early episodes were are almost like a teenager that loves Star Trek but doesn't know how to write yet. Is like, hey, in all the original episodes, they had important moral stuff that they were dealing with so i'll have some moral stuff that they're dealing with but they're not really working it out like what these episodes are about well i think they spent the you know as we said last week i think justice sort of uh, suffered uh with some bloated early acts and didn't really give time to finishing the story in a nuanced way fair enough um I wondered if you had an answer to this one from mm. andy wardinsky which was a tweet why does jordy beam down there Beam down with Picard at the end of the episode. He has no lines, no reason to be there. Great question. Great question. Don't and, know. Um, I think that should close out the... Uh, that's that's it for our hailing frequencies? You should close them. Do I have a thing for that? You can. Oh, so, uh, don't listen to that. Cut that one. Cut that out. <laughs> 
Why? It's, it was it's, a tease? It's for later. It's a tease. Uh, no one heard anything except for uh, what I heard was Jean-Luc Picard saying panties. No, I don't know if that's what I heard. I really think you should cut it out. Why? <laughs> All right. No one knows what it's for or when it's going to be. It's a tease. It's keeping them listening. All right. I'm telling you. They can't wait. Okay. Man, that's what you get when Andy gets to control his own sounds. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to get better at this eventually. I know he won't. I guarantee you he will not get better at it. I will get sort of better. <laughs> I'll get a little better. All right. Or we'll get an engineer. Mm. Why do you resist us getting someone to help us? Yeah, just, you, know, you don't want to do the things. I don't want to do the things. No one wants to do the things. That's the problem. Uh, so we're ready, right? We're ready. We're going to jump right into it, guys. Ooh, we should have a theme song for jumping right into it. I mean, not jumping right into it. We would come up with, uh, I mean, if like we, a let's tackle the episode theme song. <laughs> if we had some sort of uh, phrase or something from Star Trek that meant let's get into it, <laughs> like, uh, uh, hey, let's know, do this now. You know, maybe like. Uh, I don't know if I could just figure it out what it would be. Let's see what's out there. Engage. <laughs> there we go, guys. You vamp like no one in the business, pal. I try to waste time so I can do the thing I wanted to do. Guys, we're talking seen, about the He's got battle. his feet up for that. He's I looking so cool. I mean, so he is a podcast professional. Guys, this is episode... Uh, production number 110. This aired November 16th, 1987. Start date was 41723.9. Directed by Rob Bowman. I feel like we didn't give any credits last time. Now I'm going to start giving credits. We don't, we don't give credits. Herbert Wright did the teleplay with a story by Larry Forrester. I mean, it is interesting. This is the first episode, and I think it's actually telling, mm-hmm. that I even looked at who the writers were. Um, I mean, I maybe out of hate. At, uh, no, you, I know that you, he uh, Matt had texted me that he also thought this episode was not great. Yeah, and uh, right I remembered the, it being better right off the top. This, well, maybe your expectations were higher yeah. because obviously you got to remember where I'm coming from. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it is it looks like someone snatched a bunch of scripts. The, in the middle of the night that the writers were clearly like halfway through and started shooting episodes. That's what the show feels like to me so sure. far. So this episode at least was coherent. The tension uh, maintained. And I feel like, you know, each of the act breaks was at least like, oh, okay, that's an act break. That's like, sure. oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. So I actually was uh, was happy with it so far. Well, here is your quick synopsis of the uh Episode from the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, revised edition. Oh, did you ever say what when we, whether we should watch this? You, we uh, talked I did, about it. because... I, and you said yes. I said it, it's worth it just to get some backstory on Picard. Right, that was it. Um, while, waiting to, while, <laughs> while waiting to meet the Ferengi, Picard is amazed when his old ship, the Stargazer, turns up. But the unusual headache he's having increases when Damon Bach of the Ferengi welcomes him as the hero of the Battle of Maxia. By the way. Yes. Better title for this episode. The Battle of Maxia. It's true. Uh, The incident in which Picard had to abandon the Stargazer after it was mysteriously attacked. To his own crew's amazement, Bach 
presents the derelict ship to Picard as a gift. Most unmercenary for a Ferengi. But there's a method to his madness. In his madness, rather. At Maxia, Bach's son was the other captain who was killed after attacking the Stargazer. Bach has forged log tapes on Stargazer, showing Picard firing first. As Riker, Data, and LaForge work to clear the captain, Wesley finds that energy waves from the old ship match Picard's brain scan. He also stumbled onto the other part of Bach's trap, a mind control device planted among Picard's belongings. <laughs> Aboard his old ship, Picard is reliving the Battle of Maxia and is about to use the acclaimed Picard maneuver. But with the Enterprise cast as the enemy ship, Data devises a defense tactic and Riker breaks through to Picard, who destroys the device. Before leaving, they see Bach removed from command for insanity. Demonstrated by his giving away of the Stargazer. There, there you go. go. What? Jinx. We Only are so good. An Admiral at Starfleet podcasting. uniform. <laughs> so let's uh let's hear good old Jean Luc Picard's Captain's Log entry. Captain's Log, Stardate four one seven two three point nine. In response to a Starfleet order, we are in the Zendi Sabu star system, having rendezvoused with a Ferengi vessel which has requested a meeting. Although we arrived here and made appropriate signals to the Ferengi three days ago, they have so far responded only with the message, Stand by, Enterprise. I think that it's weird that the following happens. As we listen to Picard's um, Captain's Log... Captain's log started exterior the ship's outside yeah it's in very loud there's no sound in space star system. once Having we go inside with a Ferengi oh, vessel nice and quiet. requested a meeting interesting i mean i get that the ship has engines but we're only Wait, supposed to hear that inside but is that not a consistent that oh we only hear that inside fascinating it, it is a consistent thing we should only hear we it's a they do this throughout star trek it's a problem for me just as a fan of space and noise and stuff like that what i'm saying is when we have an exterior shot of the enterprise flowing by it should be silent now in my mind's eye so tell me whether this is accurate yeah we only hear that sound we don't hear that sound generally maybe we hear it distantly in on the bridge but we hear it more like when we're in 10 ford or one of the like Areas that are that are toward the edge of the well, the bridge has its own sort of sound mm-hmm. to it. But the but I'm just I'm just making a half-hearted science joke that the is it a joke <laughs> or a science uh, observation? It's definitely nothing funny. A science observation. All right, that the sound should not. Anyway, don't worry about it, Andy. But you're saying they usually have no sound. I'm saying they shouldn't. They should. It's just something that you've noticed from Star now. Trek. Fair enough. And it that you shouldn't hear anything because there is no sound in space. I hear you. That's my thought. I I think that's on space sounds. But you know that's that's probably true of all. I'm trying to think. Other than the things like um, what was the uh, the Nolan. One interstellar, yeah. Um, other than things like that, we're like, we're trying to be authentic. Every space movie has sound effects and lasers and explosion sounds, and right, that's correct, right? It'd be interesting to do one where it's just dead silence. I mean, what's the most accurate science fiction thing? 2001, yeah, yes. That's what I will say. I agree with you. 2001 is it. Um, 
so what do you think? What do you, what, 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 where are you coming in at on this? Well, uh, just since you're addressing the the initial, uh, uh, well, this is kind of further down the line. Uh, well, well, my next thing is uh, at eight thirty, and uh, I'm not set up for it. Do you want to? Uh... <laughs> Hang on, I got it. I got it. What was that? That was that was that was later in the show. Here we go. Okay, so the uh, uh, I like your oh, as we go recaps. Do you want to say what's happening uh, when the uh, Ferengi come on? Or what do you mean? It doesn't matter. Oh, me capping what's happened so far in the episode? Yeah, that's my next thing. Oh, sure. Well, uh, the Ferengi, uh, they're waiting on the Ferengi, so, you know, silently waiting. They have nothing to do. They're bored. They need, like, you know, to figure out what what are the Ferengi doing last time we encountered them? They were jumping around like excited hamsters. What are they going to be like this time? Uh, So they're waiting to be hailed. And uh, they are hailed and told by Damon Bach that they would either be welcome on their ship or we would be happy to go to your ship. And the Enterprise is told, or rather, the Ferengi are told, why don't you come on board here? Much to uh, Worf's chagrin. And then... uh... And then they come on the ship, and the um, and they're definitely well. We'll just listen to a little. Commander William Riker, second in command, Data, Council of Troy. We have heard that you use females, clothed females. Most interesting. They are that, sir. And the android was mentioned too. What is its price? We should like to purchase it. He is not for sale. Commander Data is um is um is secondhand merchandise, and you wouldn't want it. Secondhand, sir. Oh, of course, a human joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first off, I think the uh, the Frankie have come a long way since their initial appearance. They made a lot of nice adjustments. They're not. <laughs> Hissing, bonkers. Hissing. Oh, they hissing. They're hi- well, they Listen are. Listen to this. Excuse me, Captain. <laughs> there. <laughs> but uh, at least they're not doing a weird. But that's a reactionary hiss. It's not like a behavioral hiss. A weird, uh, uh, um, crazy, you know, mime-like performance of waving arms. <laughs> right. You know, they're cringing a little bit, but uh, they've taken it down and grounded them a little bit more. Um, but the other thing is, in this moment, uh, in keeping with our discussion of Riker, um, he says, they are that, sir. And kind of <laughs> looks back at Troy in kind of a lascivious way. Well, I mean, he of course, are probably being like, uh, right? Remember when we, we sexed it up together? <laughs> is that what that moment is? I think so. <laughs> Interesting. Has to be, right? I guess. Um, and then they bring the uh, the um, the Stargazer out, which is uh, Picard's old ship. And uh, maybe you can answer this for me. And yeah. I think we're going to get into it a little bit later. Um, uh, is Picard? Picard was the captain of that ship. Correct. Nine years ago. Yep. And yet, uh, to skip ahead... Mm-hmm. Uh, in this scene, let's just listen to the Picard maneuver thing. Their vessel inviting us now to officially take possession of the Stargazer. Like before? No. 
I'm really, I'm at an all time. This, this is totally is the wrong. What is he doing? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Everyone, there, shut up! Andy's giving Just a computer. All you people yelling at your podcast. So we plug in the computer for him, <laughs> and, we're, and 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 he's told, "Okay, you sure you got this this time?" And he always you says, know what? "Yeah, I got it." Look, and I always go, "You sure you got it?" Look, I'm good at a few things: finding good places to eat, writing comedy, and sex. <laughs> Those are the only <laughs> things that I'm great at. <laughs> Everything else I'm patchy with. I have a, I have a issue with <laughs> two of those three things. <laughs> All right. This is, this is a scene when Picard is... Uh, by the way, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit uh, um, disoriented because I didn't... I was in the mindset of, okay, what, ha- what do I pick apart in this episode? And honestly, I was kind of engaged in this episode. I was enjoying it. And so I kind of had to shift... Like, I think as we go, and I think this has been a question of many listeners. Yeah. What's going to happen when the episodes are good? What is this podcast going to look like? And I, I realized... talk about how good they exactly, are. Exactly. But my brain isn't there. So I'm just sort of like thinking like, oh, where's the thing that's going to bump me? And there weren't as many things. I can't believe you weren't engaged. I've lost contact, sir. I'm going to play Bye. more engages. Engage. 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 That's <laughs> yeah, a little fun for all of us. Um, so, I right, mean, so this you, is have, the scene. you don't have a problem with the shitty writing of, uh, you know, headaches don't exist anymore. Uh, I was going to get to that. You can put it, you can play it if you like. I mean, it's not, no, I mean. It's just that idea. It's that, hit a couple of times and it's very annoying. The, there are two things that, that drove me a little crazy in the episode and uh, I will get to them. But the, uh, uh, but let me, I just want to hear the Picard maneuver scene. Traveling at warp two through the Maxia Zeta system, and this unidentified starship suddenly appeared and fired on us point blank range. Where did it come Andy, from? Andy, there's a problem. Must have been lying with your computer. I t- the in volume you is only up have, all the no, way. you have the right. You only have a right channel. Oh. I gave you a different cable, uh, hoping that it was the cable, but it is your headphone jack. When was the last time you plugged in headphones into your computer? Mm, on a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when was uh, that? Do you think I heard 70s? it? Seventies. Could be. Uh, do I think you heard it? Yes. Uh, I think you're 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 only getting left. So anyway, hang on. Try it no, again. No, no, I got it. Okay, I'll just play it, and we'll hear it out of both speakers. But what happens when I want to play another thing? See, I make the mono when we when I edit the podcast. I dump everything into one channel, you're so gonna... it's into both ears. So people don't know that you have a that your computer only plays things out of one speaker so i can still play things. but because you made me turn it up and then it was going to sound shittier i decided to shame you publicly <laughs> you're gonna um, cut all this right <laughs> no uh oh, and allow this to happen you but are. if you need to hear it in both ears right now i don't uh, i'll play it i don't care. no names no reason can you identify them vigo if they come in a second time with our shields damaged no, you're so, way ahead. I don't know am? where you are on the show. I'm in the Vigo section. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Vigo the Carpathian. Yes. Sorry. Go back. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I'll skip a, uh, 30 seconds ahead for Andy. <laughs> this second time with our shields damaged. Sir, who's Vigo? He's my weapons officer on the Stargazer. Hmm, I'm getting quite caught up in this. Your shields were failing, sir. Mm-hmm. I uh, improvised. 
with the enemy vessel coming in for the kill, I ordered a sensor bearing, and when it came into the return arc... You performed what Starfleet textbooks now refer to as the Picard Maneuver. Well, I did what any good helmsman would have done. I dropped into high warp, stopped right off the enemy vessel's bow, fired with everything I had. And blowing into maximum warp speed, you appeared for an instant to be in two places at once. And our attacker fired on the wrong one. I did what any good helmsman would have done. You did it first, sir. Oh, it was a save our skins maneuver. We were finished, on fire. We had to abandon ship. We limped through space in shuttlecraft for weeks before we were picked up. <laughs> By the way, it's crazy that they had to abandon ship because there was a fire on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a valid point. The other question I had, I have a lot of questions Can here. anyone put this out? No? Okay. Shuttlecraft, everybody. I I have an extinguisher right here. No. A future extinguisher. Are you on the fire suppression crew? No. Then no. We're no. getting in shuttlecraft. You're such a union stickler, <laughs> <Right>. Captain. <laughs> if, if word got back to Starfleet Union about me letting you put out the fire. Um... Uh, as a side note, since since we're on that issue, yeah, can everyone on a this one's a Constitution class, Constellation, Constellation class. class, which was incidentally a thing that I read was they built the ship for Picard's office, knowing that he had been on a previous ship, the model, mm-hmm. and then they put it in the show, and then uh, they had the bridge, and they made the bridge different, so it wasn't a, a Constellation. Constellation. It wasn't a Constitution class ship, so they made it. They put the ADR Constellation in Jordy's mouth when he said it. Oh, was he originally? ADR being when they was the Stargazer originally a Constitution class ship? He says it's a Constitution class ship. Jordy does, and then they dubbed him saying Constellation class because the because the uh, bridge uh, that they finally used was different. Wait. So is that why? See, were they? I'm Getting confused nerdy. now because in the ready room, yes, in this episode, uh-huh. in the ready room, okay, is a Constitution class starship. The what do you mean? In the ready room, there's a model where the stargazer usually sits. Mm-hmm. There is now a model of the Constitution class starship, the USS Enterprise NCC one seven zero one. This ship in this episode, okay, in his office. All right. Is a Constitution class ship. What I'm asking you is with the thing you read, Mm because I have not heard this information. It was just a guy who I passed on the street and he, no. Okay, so I read it. (laughs) My question in regards to that is Mm -hmm. was the script as written, Mm -hmm. was it written that he had a Constitution class ship so that we were going to see like the old school Enterprise looking vessel, like the Excalibur or the. Uh, Constitution or the you know any of these other Constitution class ships, can, and then in effects they were and then after in post they were like well let's make it a different ship entirely. It was originally a Constitution class ship, ah. and then they changed it to a Constellation class ship because they used a different bridge and they didn't want the sticklers to go. Hey, that's not a Constitution class bridge. That I find crazy because the Constitution class, first of all, it's a bridge module. So you can pop in any bridge you want in those things. Mm-hmm. If you're building a starship, you drop in the bridge module, whatever. And that's why the Enterprise A goes through multiple looking bridges in the Star Trek movies. 
you can just the, the yeah that drops into the ship into the saucer section of the bridge weird it's why do they build module, it that way it's called uh you know i don't know i'm not i don't work for the utopia planitia i'd right. like to someday <laughs> i have i've applied they've repeatedly said sir we're not real but i feel like as someone who just went on the run about how the uh the the bridge modules are modular uh i think that it's uh it's a little bit weird for you to then come at me like you're like why are you asking me <laughs> you already had a bunch of information that i never would have thought what i'm saying is have. like I guess if they were like, we're not going to do that build. We don't want to build out a bridge that looks like the Enterprise A. It does look like the Enterprise A, though. It looks like the Star Trek II bridge, even though they're just redressing the Battle Bridge, which is just a redress of the Enterprise A's bridge. But I think that is... I don't remember the specifics. I apologize. I didn't think we were going to get this far into it, which oh, was foolish ooh. on my side. It's so totally foolish. It was foolish. I, um, I thought of... it was going to be a little thing I was going to drop along the way and go, hey, I did a little research. And I didn't think it was going to be pulled apart. There was something about a Star, the Star Trek II bridge, and I don't remember if they used it or if they didn't. I think they did. Well, they redressed, they redressed that bridge. That becomes the battle bridge that we see in... Oh, the then counter at Farpoint. Then maybe that it did look similar to the to the Battle Bridge, the the one on the Stargazer. Right. I'm just so confused now. This is the part of the podcast that I dislike the most because I now want to read everything about this and then get back to you all. But well, you we could don't have just time pause for that. it. No, it makes more work for me later. I really can't. It's a you gotta you gotta work that out with whom me with the engineer <laughs> me. <laughs> Um. Anyway, keep talking. All right. Well, whatever the case, I thought it was fascinating that they were that detail oriented. Um, because generally speaking, it seems like they have giant holes in these shows. So that was pretty cool. Whatever the case, the other thing I was going to say was, it seems like if this is a constellation class, and you can look this up too, the Stargazer is almost as big as the Enterprise in the exterior shot. And the Enterprise is a galaxy class that should be much larger, shouldn't it? Oh, it should be, you know, so much bigger. Which circles back to my original question. If they're abandoning ship, are there enough shuttlecrafts for them to... Aha! He me. did it! He that did was it! Me. He blew it! That was, a pop- <laughs> that was a pop-up ad. He played a future... Oh, I thought it was a future effect. Um, basically, I'm asking you, mm-hmm. there aren't enough shuttlecraft to abandon ship on any prior Starfleet starship, are there? Uh, I assume they went into, they had escape pods. Well, he in this, in this monologue says that it's, they got on, they were limping along in shuttlecraft for, for a while. Well, I don't know how many shuttle bays this thing had. It looks like it has quite a few. I mean, this, this could be, the Constellation class could be a ship built for, uh, you know, weird explorations, like, if you look at the saucer section, I mean, it's essentially a saucer section with four warp nacelles. Uh-huh. That's what the ship looks like. And it does look like it has a, quite a number of shuttle bay doors around it. Mm-hmm. So it could be, like, they have extras. housing a fuck ton of shuttles. Right. Could it's be. a star cruiser. You know what? Someone's going to write in and tell us all about it. That'll be great. Um, the other question I have, and I think it's just a writing issue. Mm-hmm. They have this whole thing about the helmsman. Uh, when any good helmsman would do, and it's repeated. But he was the captain. So why does he say that's what any good helmsman would do? I th- right, he was the commander. He was the captain of the ship, yes. yeah. But I think by trade, Picard's a pilot. 
I see. He probably came up as a helmsman. Ooh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Did he? I would think that he would have come up on uh, something else. I don't know, some other side. Something more diplomatically but oriented. If you think, no, but if you think of the helm people, people who've operated the helm in the past, like Sulu, uh-huh. got command of the Excelsior. Uh-huh. Uh, Riker uh-huh. used to be a helmsman. Right. Best pilot on the ship. Uh, I'm going to assume Picard. You know, Geordi LaForge becomes a captain in a alternate 19 years in the future episode of Star Trek Voyager. Interesting. He's the captain of a galaxy-class starship. Uh, anyway. That must have been in the last season. I never saw the last season of Voyager. I don't remember what season it was in, but... George LaForge is there as a captain. No spoilers about the last season of Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Well, anyway, and then the... um, the other thing about the scene is uh, he goes, hey, I'm getting quite caught up in this. Um, and this is the second episode mm-hmm. in about eight episodes, in exactly eight episodes, as a matter of fact, um, where uh, Picard's mental faculties have been affected by some exterior force. It's also the second episode it's in actually which... third. It's the third episode out of eight, Naked Now. Right. What's the one where, his, where the energy being takes over his brain? Oh, the lonely among us. Lonely among us, and then this one <laughs> really hitting this hard. But I feel like really immediately in this episode, Crusher should have relieved him of duty. Very the strange. Second, she, you know, instead of being like apprehensive about like, ooh, do I say this in front of the captain who mm-hmm. I want to relieve of duty? No, you just fucking relieve him of duty. Right. You do your duty and relieve him of duty. Right. Duty. Well, um, this uh, this leads me to um, to a theory. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to play a theory, theories. Oh, this is I a had new. No this, idea that this was what this was. A whole new one, Guys. and this one comes to us from Christopher Clement. Hope I'm pronouncing that right, Christopher. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a theory. Theories. 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 That's fantastic. Oh, it's still going. More than interested, fascinated, one might say a god. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> really, really masterful work, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> it delighted me no end. <laughs> that was great. It really was great. It also made me feel like, you know what? We may never be the best Star Trek podcast. Certainly not. <laughs> we may never crack the top 150 on iTunes podcast, as is my dream. That's never happening. But uh, I think we will always be the most ridiculous Star Trek podcast. Yeah. That, that is certainly sure. And our, our listeners are, are helping us get there. And the, you know what I've noticed in our numbers? Yeah. I've been looking at it. And our numbers fluctuate based on what episode we're talking about. So I wonder if people are picking and choosing which episodes they want to listen to because they like or hate an episode. Oh, very interesting. I agree. Um, so, Andy... Yes. I recently heard in a song that you might have a theory. I believe that Beverly Crusher has a learning disability. 
And I think she's really overcompensated. She's really over overachieved in reaching her level. I mean, she's the chief medical officer on the Federation flagship. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so really what leads you to believe that this is the case. I don't I don't think she ever is on top of a problem when she should be. She's always like three steps behind any medical issue, and this is a perfect example of it. She in naked now. Yep. She already has McCoy's solution, and it takes her the whole episode to figure out a solution. Uh huh. Um, and in this one, there, oh man, all this stuff about headaches, and so she just keeps giving him painkillers. She does keep <laughs> talking about headaches. It's very strange. Um, that's your theory huh? that's my theory it's do you not that a, complicated do you have a theory. song for that theory uh, I really should but Andy's I also theories. may have a learning disability come on <laughs> oh now you're just gonna torture me that's until I find that's the closing song it. hang on oh that's it alright do oh, it yeah. oh I don't have it alright hang on here we go hang on hang on hold oh, on boy this is the worst part of all podcasts I think it's when Andy looks for things is it this one we're just unprepared no, it's not that one. He doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> Is it this? <laughs> no, it's not that. That's a different one. That's a different one. Also from Stephen Rains. You have too many jingles. I do. I'm going to have to organize them with the information that Kevin that, Porter gave us and it's that I happening. ignored. Um... So he can feel he can feel secure in the fact that that long conversation pointed to nothing that you dragged him along for. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um. Anyway, um. My next thing is sixteen seventeen. Where are you? Well, I just I wish I could. I wish I had written down the time code of the uh, of the headache discussion, the overwhelmingly annoying headache discussion. But head to your thing. Seventeen nineteen, you say? Yeah, this is uh, this is just. Uh, I got it. Okay. We are forced to abandon our starship. May she find her way without us. Apparently, she did, sir. How do you feel, Captain? Oh, I'm fine, Doctor. Lieutenant Yard, run a structural analysis on the Stargazer for an impulse tow. Data, download all computers to the Enterprise and file. I'm... I'm going to look at my old cabin. Was that what you wanted to hear? Me? Yeah. Oh, was that 1617? That was 1719. And you agreed with me that that was the correct time. Well, I didn't agree with anything. Oh, God. You all heard it. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Here we go. Here's what you wanted I to thought hear. you were Power finding... Cells. I'm amazing. I want they 16. still work. There you go. The rest of the ship is clear of surprises, Lieutenant Yar. You know what? I read about this ship at the Academy. I never dreamed I'd ever be on her. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's uh, Jordy being a mechophile. <laughs> <laughs> He might as well have said, "I've never, I never that, dreamed I'd be uh, inside her." That, that's that's what it sounds like. To that me. was the journey we just took. Yes, I for didn't, you to fucking say that. I didn't. Uh, that I didn't, was. I thought I was finding it. We were going to do it quick and then move on. I didn't know you were going to go to the wrong area. Spectacularly worth it. All right. Thank you, Andy Secunda. Jordy's microphone. <laughs>
I mean, I think whenever an Andy's theory, uh, there's more evidence to it. Oh, well, I got to play another theme. You should again? play a theme. Ugh, I, not that theme. Not you know, because we have so many we themes have different now. Themes. I think that maybe even if I'm repeating a theme, I mean, even if I'm repeating. No, a theory? I don't want you to repeat. Yes, I think that whenever you find evidence in later episodes for older theories, oh, it's such a long road for every theme. Uh, I know, I know. Well, forget not that, it. that that road I just took us on was any briefer. <laughs> I feel like this is the worst episode yet. For us, <laughs> is that accurate? Oh and I, no! It just, and I take full responsibility. It just for seems it. disjointed. Let's, but let me dive into the headache thing. All right. I thought that was what you were finding. Over by here. The by the way, Captain Picard's quarters. I like them. What is wrong with me? I wish to hell I knew, Captain. But no something unusual has definitely been happening to you. Well, the doctor always said the obvious is always a revelation. Why do captains always act like they're immortal? No. <laughs> what do you think these Ferengi mind orbs are? Like, do they make them? They seem a little all-purpose. Yeah. They control his actions. Yeah. They control his memory. Yeah. It seems like it's too much. You and didn't also, tell like, me it had been this bad. How do they get? How do they get into specifically Captain Picard's brain? Well, mm-hmm. I assume by that, being in his quarters. Well, at that that was an amplifier, which was another kind of bullshit thing because it clearly they were like, well, how would how would our crew when he's over there and he's out of his mind know about this thing or to tell him how to get out of it? And I think they so they just built a but secondary. But I'm wondering if thing. they punch up like. However, if, if that was the case, if you needed the amplifier, then how were they giving him headaches and and messing with him before they had the amplifier on board the Enterprise? Well, I mean, it's before it's amplifying, so the headaches just must get worse. I see. Maybe the headaches are his brain trying not to be open to the patterns that are being sent. Like his brain's fighting it off, and that's causing a headache situation. That seems reasonable. And, you know, because when he's letting it do its thing and he's, you know, remembering the fire that he couldn't put out because he was non-union um, <laughs> and things like that, he doesn't seem to be in pain at all. Uh-huh. He seems to just be going about his old business. Right. And and frankly, a little – this is the part of the point I was going to make before. Whenever his brain is being messed with, it's like they depart from the character, the Picard characterization entirely. It's not like, oh, it's a Picard we know, but he's under stress, or it's a Picard. It's like right. when he comes into that meeting after the quote "good night sleep," he's like, "Yeah, hello, everyone." It's just like he's so chipper, and it's just like he wouldn't be like that if he was himself. Um, all right, I have a thing. Uh, did you did you finish your point? About what do you that? think about the? Uh, oh, here a little more, a little more headache stuff here. Okay, they go to sick bay. Everybody sleep. Oh, rather into his quarters. Those pillows don't look comfortable. Neither do the sheets. Oh, here was another question I had about sheets. Do Starfleet personnel sleep in their uniforms? No. She just, it would be too irritating to have to get him undressed. I think, you know, when you're sick, it's fun to sleep in your clothes. I like to think that Picard wears uh, an Ebenezer Scrooge-like long gown and cap. 
Uh, you'll see his pajamas a few times throughout the series, Andy. I hope you are looking forward to that. I am. And I just played a scene that has no dialogue, so it wasn't very helpful for anybody on board uh, this podcast. Well, it does point out... The Stargazer out, is huge. It's they massive. They just cut to another shot of the exterior with the Ferengi Marauder and the uh, Stargazer. And I gotta say, I mean, it's big. It's the size of the Star Drive section, at least. It's weird, right? It's weird how big it is, yeah. Anyway, so after this uh, sleep situation, Picard then imagines himself on the bridge of his ship by sitting on a chair in the middle of his quarters and and talking to... uh, Wait, where are you now? I'm at uh, 29.30 or so. What do you want to play? I, I I got something before that. Where? It is at... Oh, why am I not getting anything? You're not even plugged in. Oh, it's so broken. Your thing is broken. Oh, you're not even in a headphone hole. What? I am in the headphone hole. Well, hit play again. Okay. Sorry. So this is after they find the confession. Yes. On the ship, Mm -hmm. on the Stargazer. And uh, and, uh, Data finds it. Ship which Captain Picard attacked had in fact been under a flag of truce. What? And apparently the captain destroyed the ship without notice or provocation. Impossible. What about the fire aboard the Stargazer? An accident in engineering. And what proof? It is logged in his own voice, sir. Okay. Would you care to hear it, sir? Would you care to hear it? To prove that it is definitely Picard. And then in this next scene. Good act ender, though. Great act ender. confession given by me, Jean-Luc Picard, commanding USS Stargazer. What does this mean? I don't know, sir. It sounds like your voice. It is, number one. But I refuse to believe you ever said that. I admit I must have mistaken their subspace antenna for a weapons cluster. Fortunately, I fired our main phasers and our direct hit destroyed the unknown vessel... I've assumed they've simulated your voice somehow. I've already put data to work on it. Thank you, Will. I never made that log entry, of course. But it still leaves you with a duty to perform. So in... The, I, don't, I just... <laughs> there's no... This... Is this... So you tell me. Is this a writing issue? Or is this... Is there some technology... Technological perspective that I don't understand? They hear his voice and it's like... I don't know. I know it's the 24th century, but there's the proof. Couldn't have been faked. Uh, I think they're like, we have your log. Your log entry is such. And until we can find evidence of otherwise, we're going to assume that this log entry is an accurate depiction of what happened. But there has to be a wealth of evidence and witnesses in the Starfleet uh, logs that contradict this so well we don't know how how much uh stuff damon bach has altered he could have altered all the sensor logs of the uh of the stargazer well that may be true but that is never mentioned and in the later scene where uh where data uh uses technobabble i'll skip ahead to uh come upon a further realization about this 
personal log. I found checksum discrepancies, sir. What does that mean? All information is time-coded by entry, and the bits, when totaled, produce an aggregate amount which... I don't want a computer science lesson data. Bottom line. One of these two logs is a forgery, sir. Correction. The log just found aboard the Stargazer is a forgery. As I said, that is one of them. Is it not? So, they're putting all their money on these logs, on these audio logs. And right. he's And he's saying, hey... Basically, the information he he discovers late in the show here is, hey, I've realized there's some discrepancies between these two logs. One of them must be a forgery, but we already know one of them must be a forgery because we know Picard isn't that kind of guy who would lie. Uh, Do do they, though? I mean, it could have been any situation that happened. Who knows Why, why Picard's saying what he's saying? Well... But they're dealing with the Ferengi. So, like, as Jordy says, they know it's it, they're messing with something. So why is this such big information? And why are the audio logs in the 24th century the ultimate proof? It feels like that would be the easiest thing to fake. Listen to that guy who wrote the Handy's Theory song. He made Patrick Stewart sing about me and my theories. It can be done now. Well. See how, how uh, excited I am? And yet I'm not echoing. It was the room. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> um, you know, I w- I do wish one wish I do have for the uh, Stargazer crew is I wish they were in the old red uniforms. The movies TNG, the next, the original series movie era movies. Oh, uniforms. that would be nice. When did they switch over? Because as your friend said that, uh, as John they seem told to us, have that? switched over not very long before. The um, next gen started. Like, it seems to be like maybe a decade before. Oh, yeah. Well, this would have been, well, this was nine years before. I know. Someone... I will say one interesting little side note is when Picard is on that, um, in the scene with the ghosts, and I wondered if this was a production issue, mm-hmm. is uh, you can pay, like, many people are hired as background. Yeah, because they don't speak. Even if they're sort of central on camera, if they don't uh-huh. speak. And the people um, on the Stargazer, the ghosts, um, you hear their voices, but you they never move their mouths. And I wondered if it was because they wanted to only pay them as background and pay some other voice actors less. Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> um, but it works as an effect. Just a little side issue. <laughs> um, so, you know... All that's happening throughout this episode is Picard's brain is getting more and more compromised. And he's having trouble functioning as the captain of the ship. We've gone over the log entry thing. But let's 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 hear Jaunty Picard enter, shall we? Okay. What report on the logs? Yes, sir. Whoever tampered with your personal log was clever. But a bit clumsy. It's definitely a fabrication, sir. Number one, I'd like you to take a look at this brain scan, Griff. What are you doing here? I thought I was captain of this starship. Side note. Of course you are, but I... Thank you for the confirmation, Doctor. But now... What's your side note? Beverly didn't notice a person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Riker, I would uh, like you all to return to your stations. Is that clear? Sir. You too, Doctor. I have business with the Commander. Under protest, sir. 
instead of saying to her to to will Riker there uh you know i'm getting a lot of uh weird things happening with his brain you know mm-hmm. the captain's brain mm-hmm. right now yeah instead she says under protest and walks out of the fucking office instead of being able to solve the problem sure <sighs> learning disability it's really we should be patting her on the back it's pretty amazing she's gotten to the place she has well i mean what about so who really solves the problem here i'll tell you who really solves the problem here wesley crusher and here's him solving the problem. Mm-hmm. But intermixed with other thoughts, which are also his. I'm busy at the moment. The vague leading the I vague. Know, Mom, That's what I call that important. previous scene. Well, mm-hmm. I went back to the main Fair. sensors in engineering to try some more sensitivity experiments. Does this have something to do with Captain Picard? Yes, ma'am. If this is what you're talking about here. I don't know much about brain scans, but I glanced at these when you were studying them. And I noticed that these patterns are the same as those picked up from the low-intensity transmissions from the Ferengi ship. I went back and checked, and they're exactly the same. What kind of transmissions? I don't know. Engineering has nothing like it on record. Let's get to the captain. No, they might be affecting the captain to Riker. Or you could relieve the captain of duty. It's true. Well, I have a theory that... uh... Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> that may explain uh, a lot of what's going on here. Uh, well, oh, wait. What, what can you play, explain this? play the rest of that scene, by the way? Sure. Oh, God. Yes. All right. Here we go. You're welcome, ladies. Adults. You guys heard it. Your thing now. Too loud. Should I do that again? No, I'm not going to change it. Okay. <laughs> I, I accept that a lot of the problems in this podcast are mine, but he does have the power to repair them, and he is choosing not to. I, so. Listen, we record this, for those at home who wonder, uh, we record this on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then I immediately leave here and then go record Matt and Dory's excellent adventure with my wife, and i got to be honest, only one of those is paying the bills, and uh, it's not this one. So one gets a little more attention than the other. So if anybody wants to help this one pay the bills, maybe you could get a uh, Matt to edit. <laughs> and by pay the bills, I mean keeps my wife happy so that she continues to pay the bills. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, this is basically just on your request that I that I replay a theme every time we every time we uh, I, I call back to it. This I was going to play the scene where Riker weirdly asks why she isn't at her station. I just think it's a strange. Beverly? Yeah. Sure. The captain, Commander. Resting in his quarters after ordering both of you to return to your duty stations. There have been some... Did he say low intensity? Mm. Some unusual low intensity transmissions from the Ferengi vessel. Did who say? My son. Transmissions which exactly match certain anomalies found in the captain's brain scans. What a weird way to unpack that as a writer. Very. So we're going to send them up. And we have to make sure that Wesley gets credit. As so, usual, Deanna Troy also uh, is like just just like a, a barnacle on the side of the action yeah. of the show. I'll, I'll, be, I'll just walk along with you. <laughs> well, I mean, she is the hero of Lonely Among Us when she senses that Captain Picard is still out there somewhere. That's true. Um, but it, it, is, it is such a weird thing to... I just can't imagine typing 
onto a typewriter or a word processor at the time. Uh, did he, there have been some to crusher? Did he say low intensity crusher? Yes, Troy. There have been some low intensity scans coming from the. I just right. find a that totally unnecessary. That, like, what we call in the business couplet. Yeah, it just doesn't mean anything. All all we need out of that is for Troy could say there've been some we've been, there've been some low intensity uh, signals coming from the Ferengi ship. Then Crusher would say, "My son noticed them while he was looking at sensor logs." And since you're picking it apart, the even the conversation with Riker is. Is, is is unnecessary because I think there would be I think if you were to write um, totally military style interactions it probably would be a little dry so you would have to pick your moments where they're not acting completely by yeah. the by the book they're acting like human beings but this is an unnecessary moment of that like wouldn't he assume if these two senior officers on the, on the ship are coming to him that there's something important and yeah. he wouldn't go hey why are you guys here yeah yeah um but my theory which we didn't get to which supports exactly what we just listened to separate theory yeah well i didn't have i didn't have a theory i never said my theory i just played the theme Oh, that was a new that. But I thought that theme. Don't worry. Continue. The theme was the the theory was uh, building on that uh, my previous theory that Wesley Crusher is a, is actually a g- brilliant psychopath. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, he comes in. the The captain is in distress. There's something going on. His mother is incredibly worked up about it. He tells the lady some information that, as usual, he's the one that has dug out and chosen what to say and when. And he leaves, and he smiles to himself, kind of cockily. Adults. <laughs> and this goes along with my new theory that Beverly Crusher has a learning disability, and who knows what other issues in terms of perception and observation. I think the reason that Beverly got to this high level is because Wesley has engineered the entire thing <laughs> so that he could get on a galaxy-class starship and work his evil plan, which I'm assuming will slowly be revealed over the course of this series. He is using Beverly as his pawn. That's a great theory. Thank you. It's a great theory. Um, so, yeah, let's... Oh, I didn't fix it. You did turn it down a little bit, and then I'll turn this up. You're good. Go ahead. Theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Anyway. Something over there is affecting the captain's thought patterns. Computer, give me a location on Captain Picard. Captain Picard is in transporter room three. What? Computer emergency order to transporter room three. New information. Captain Picard is no longer aboard the Enterprise. Act break. Side note, um, Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett did the prior voices, but that's not her anymore, right? That is not her in that particular instance, which is weird. Interesting. I don't know if they really settled on her until later in the season. Oh, oh, it's later. Oh, okay. She's the, I mean, she's the voice of the computer. She was the voice of the computer prior to that, though, right? In the original series? Well, not in the original series. Yes. Yes, she is the voice of the computer in the original series. She is? Yes. That's weird. She was on the ship. I know. But she's the voice of the computer in the original series. 
the that's uh, double dipping in my opinion, Majel. I also heard that they might have gotten her to record a fuck ton. Like that, I think they got her to record the f- uh, phonic alphabet. That was Matt's. That was my. I got an email from Petco. Uh, <laughs> I think they might have before she passed got her to record the phonic alphabet so that they can build her voice. Cool to continue using her as the ship's computer. Neat. I either read that, dreamed that, or was told that by someone who was wrong. How many millions of dollars will some corporation make off of that phonetic alphabet over time? Uh, that probably would belong to CBS somehow. I wonder if the family will get residuals. Hmm, great question. Um, a side issue, uh, I believe, and I'm probably wrong on this. This is the first time I saw a lady walk by in the background in an old school uh, original series miniskirt. Which I which I thought was delightful. I love those miniskirts, even though they were kind of absurd to be on a military ship. Um, but Troy wears one in Encounter at Farpoint. Fair enough. And but uh, is that Starfleet? Uh, uni- the Encounter at Farpoint uni- is a Starfleet uniform. It is Starfleet. Men and wear men, men wear, wear those too. Well. This yeah. is escorts, which are amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really want to know. Just being fair. What uh, what the decision process was in the costume department? It was probably like shit. Let's do those little skirts. Yeah, it's so sexist. Let's throw a man in it too. All yeah, right, all right. Well, I can't dispute that. Um, do you want to? Do you have anything else? You already on this. I mean, do you have chron- no, I'm, chronology? Well, do you have anything else in this episode? My next thing is thirty-eight. Um. And it, and I don't even know that we need to hear it. It's just Riker contacting Mazago, and um, and I think uh, I really like that plot choice. I feel like first of all, the plot choice of like, hey, you're first officer, first officer, first officer. Let's figure this out. Yeah, he has no recourse. He can't go above Picard's head and contact the captain. And also, the captain is clearly the one with the problem. He senses, based on their first discussion, where they're asking, um, "What's the main guy's name? The main Damon Bach Bach uh, him about uh, what, what about profit and." Um, <laughs> And uh, so he knows something's amiss, and uh, I, I just really like that. I think it's clever. This is really the first instance we get of the Ferengi really focusing on profit. Really, they, that's not their deal in the in the prior episode. Do you? I don't remember. They're, it as oh, being they're, their all, deal. they're all graspy with the with the uh, combat. <laughs> yeah, they really want the gold. It's gold. But this is where we learn that they have a free market economy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, um, but the profit thing really does help structure the Ferengi culture, and and it kind of it's logical. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, we're not supposed to be rooting for them, but I understand what. Well, at least they the, it gives their pur- it gives them a purpose, right? Uh, as opposed to just being jumping around and hissing, sure, which is no purpose whatsoever. And then my next thing after that is thirty nine forty seven. No, but I already commented on that. That's the ghosts not talking because they didn't they didn't want to give them a day right. Do you want to hear data solve the problem of how to fix the Picard maneuver up? Please. So note that Damon Bach no longer commands this vessel. His first officer has confined him for engaging in this unprofitable adventure. Good luck, first officer Riker. I have computed a possibility, Commander. Since even deep space contains trace gases, 
A vessel in the Picard maneuver might seem to disappear, but our sensors could locate any sudden compression of those gases. And use it as an aiming point to blow our captain to bits? This class starship has enough power to use our tractor beam on it, sir. Seize it. Limit its field of fire. Right. Concentrate shields at that point. Make it so. I hope you're right, Data. No question of it, sir. Riker is so pissy to so many people. I on don't this understand ship. this solving for the Picard maneuver. Mm-hmm. Let me just explain the following. Okay. Picard maneuver, they fire at the previous position. That's what happens to the Ferengi ship. They fire at the previous position where the ship was, mm-hmm. not the new position when they see two ships. Okay. The Enterprise crew now is aware of the Picard maneuver, is expecting the Picard maneuver. I don't understand why they just can't, like, by knowing that the ship is... I just don't understand what, what I don't, they're doing. I'm not, I'm not following what they're doing. What, what data what solution doing. is. So I, data solution I believe is to it's something about the sensing. Sense where the gas yeah, is. Yeah, right. And put a tractor beam there. Right. To focus the phaser fire to a part of the shield where they could increase the power. Well, a further question I have, which is bears out in the next moment uh, that's built up of like, shoot the thing, shoot the, the orb, shoot the orb, is, um, and there's all this tension of, oh, God, he's got to shoot the orb, is wouldn't this Constitution-class starship, even if it unloaded all of its guns at the galaxy... Oh, sorry, Constellation-class starship, even if it unloaded all its guns at the galaxy-class starship, wouldn't that not... You know, they could it could take it. No, I think it still has a a, a decent complement of photon and no torpedoes. T- no, tor- no photon torpedoes. No, it had six less than it started with, right? Oh, I see. I see. Um, so it just has it yeah. has photon torpedoes. It just doesn't have as many. I mean, if it's, I think a point blank in a firing match, if and their goal is not to the Enterprise isn't going to fire back to kill Captain Picard. So what they're looking at right now is absorbing full on barrage from a ship that was in service nine years ago mm-hmm. this is not like uh this is not a constitution class ship or an, like an 80 year old ship this gotcha. is something that was in service just nine years ago um and was never recovered for some unknown reason i guess just for the plot of this episode um so well it was on fire everybody was afraid on go about going right on it was on fire because their we, fire crew wasn't there. Should we retrieve that? No, it's on fire still. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand, though. If any part of it opens up to the space, no. then it would go out no, immediately. No, it's inside. The fire is inside the ship, and there's an endless supply of oxygen. Well, there isn't an endless. I'm we also just... have all those Duraflames. Those oh, are the things that are keeping in the supplies. That's right. We were supposed to be delivering those Duraflames to Starbase 21. It's a Duraflame supply ship. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Duraflame. Uh, I wish. Stand by. Lock on tractor beam. Ready, phases. Captain Picard. Listen. Vigo, is that you? It's Commander Riker, sir. Captain, hear me. Look around. The Ferengi are using their thought devices on you. Stand by. Who is this? Their it's thought Riker, devices. Your number That's, one. It implies that the Look Ferengi have multiple thought devices. Well, they destroy it with your phaser. 
phaser. Phaser. I have a phaser. <laughs> I recently remember that I beamed down with a phaser. Bach used it. Bach. Destroy it! Bach. Phaser. 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 I'll just shoot this with the phaser, right? Destroy right? the sphere. Destroy the phaser? I mean, I'm firing into fire Destroy right now. Will this make more fire? I'm disoriented. A uh, lot of drama for whether or not he'll destroy that sphere, which has no real bearing on the safety of anybody, because they figured out how to. It's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, dramatically certainly that I'm that I became aware of. I mean, really, what's happening that. is that his headache's going away. So let's all feel good about that. It's pretty dramatic, sir. I it's know your it's number dramatic. one, Riker, sir. There is headaches. Tylenol to your left. <laughs> First, destroy the sphere. Get ben. the sphere. Okay. Okay. Baby also, aspirin. They can't they can't beam in because the shields are up, right? Which is not entirely true because if they know the frequency of the shields that are Because it's Starfleet. It's Starfleet, Starfleet. They could beam through the shields. Mm. Or, or the would have been a problem solver. Or like, the Star Trek two trick. Uh the uh, command putting codes. In the command codes. Sure. And yeah. lowering the shields. Yeah. Fire. So great. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a cheat, but I guess when we cover the uh... our shields are down, raise them. It's great, <laughs> great movie. Um, Matt, that's me. Uh, oh, I just want to play one more little. Oh, thing. please, that's, by all uh, means. That's not a critique. It's not a comment. I just thought it was a nice little moment at the end of the episode. It's equipment. Seems there was no profit in it. In revenge, there never is. Let the dead rest. And the past. Remain the past. Enterprise, lock on. Beam me home, Riker. I like the drum. Tearing the giant constellation glass off into the distance. Um, I just liked uh, Beam Me Home, Riker. That was nice. Nice touch. Um, Matthew. Yes, sir. Do you know uh, what time it is? Peanut butter jelly time? Uh, no. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk But the podcast isn't over just yet How many Andy's does this episode get? <laughs> uh, so, um, I have, uh, we've, we've been in a, in a strange dispute Because usually, it, this is what I think the pattern usually is I do an endless amount of complaining and bitching Yep You were on board for many of the complaints, if not most of them Yep um, but you always are sort of defending uh, Star Trek, and then at the end, as I have to, we are either equal or you are lower. <laughs> sure, 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. And I don't know what that says about us yeah. as personalities. But I give this uh, episode, I thought the teaser was a good teaser. Mm-hmm. I thought every act in had tension. Mm-hmm. It held me engaged. I thought you the antagonist was clear. Oh, boy. I am worried about what's happening right now. Um, and... Um, and uh, other than like what you're saying that that <laughs> other than the audio thing and Beverly's confusion, which I've explained with a theory, and um, and the the weird non dramatic uh, dramatic thing at the end, I like the ghosts. I like I just I, I like a lot of this episode, and it seems like it's relatively coherent in comparison to what we've seen. True. I give this episode six Andes. Six Andes. That's correct. That's so many Andes. It sure is. I give it five Andes. <laughs> you just did that to mess with me. <laughs> uh, I give it five Andes because of Star Trek Next Generation quality. This is right smack in the middle. Uh huh. So, well, I don't. I don't I, have that that foresight to know. So. I do have the John foresight to know. <laughs> now, what uh, what's going on? I don't know. You tell me. Well, it's the MVC. MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crush? You gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. (laughs) (laughs) That was spectacular. We've heard that before. Um, I for me it's hands down it's it's Riker he has the the clever move with the whoa uh, with, with the, he has the clever move with contacting the first officer he um he he's the one who figures out about the the globes he um you're so wrong right now I've never heard you more wrong when naming an MVC well you've only had seven opportunities to hear me well, that's true we've only. <laughs> So far, disagreed once. <laughs> All right, who can throw? Give it, give it to me. Who, who's your, who's your Wesley Crusher? Wesley Crusher discovers the whole plan. Adults. Well, I guess I don't give him credit because uh, it's part of his larger plan to destroy all of them. So. All right. Well, if you take his larger plan to destroy all of them out of it, that is is his realization. Uh, what leads to Riker contacting yes, because, because if the if they don't locate Picard, find out he's in transporter room three, then beams over. Riker just goes through his day assuming that Picard's asleep. Uh-huh. And while he's asleep, the Stargazer drops into warp, pops right in front of the Enterprise, and blows it out of the water. I agree with you that that is an important moment, uh, but I also feel like... Uh... Riker is the one that handles the situation, and uh, he's already gained information. I know that you're saying this, uh-huh. but this is exactly why the MVC every week is not Captain Picard. Well, I don't believe that Riker is. I, I feel like we we should give it to Captain Picard occasionally when, it is, when it's when it's earned. When it's Captain Picard's um, decisions and choices and thought processes that. That lead to the the ship being saved, mm-hmm. and so I guess from my perspective, it's Riker. That's interesting. I got to tell you, it's Wesley Crusher. I think there's an argument for that. I'm sorry to the guy who has to split his Excel sheet 
sells. If it makes you feel any better, I was almost going to give this episode 6.5. So I almost gave it a 4.5. Uh, do, can we do that in the future? I don't know. Is it someone, whoever, whoever is the good-hearted soul that is making up Excel sheets for us, please let us know if that's going to mess you up. It's <laughs> a great question. Um, yeah, so I think I it's Wesley. It's not, right? I think it's Wesley. I don't know, the way I math works, Wesley. they just well, put a different... All right, so I far we're giving saying. whole numbers, so we'll all just right. leave it whole. Okay. I think there's an argument for it being Wesley, except that Wesley uh, wants them all dead. <laughs> for the Clearly. purposes of... And is using his mother, his dim-witted mother as a pawn. His poor mom. In fairness, I don't know if she's dim-witted, and my theory is that she, she has a, a learning disability. <laughs> it's not, not the same thing. Uh, Are you looking for something? He's making making like he's looking for something. I'm looking like I'm looking for something, but I'm not. He's he's just looking at his. I was scrolling through the. I was scrolling. <laughs> no, I was scrolling through the clips from this episode, and okay. I was just checking to see if there's anything we missed. And it turns out we didn't. No, it's a pretty it's a pretty tight episode. How long are we at? Oh, too long. I think we should probably end the podcast. You think so? Well, I think we've given them so much entertainment. That certainly let them listen to a lot of chaos. Well, I think it's important to like lift the uh, curtain, let them look behind the oh, scenes they're getting here, a deep look backstage, and see they're, what's happening. And they're seeing all the way to the catering in the green room on this one. <laughs> um, uh, someone was saying, although I think there's a problem because you haven't refreshed, but someone was saying they would like you, which I think you've done before, say whether. You want you think they should watch the next show, but you're doing it without the benefit of a fresh watch. So that's true. Uh, the next show, uh, however, the next show is True Q, um, which I remember a bit better. I've seen it a bit more recently uh, than the others. And uh, should you watch True Q? Yeah, I'm all for every episode with Q in it. I'm a big fan. I love all of his visits to each of the franchises. Whereas I find him obnoxious and purposeless. Did you not enjoy him in Star Trek Voyager? Uh no, I mean I liked that there was a thing between him and he was he was irritating Janeway because he was in love with her, but mm-hmm. uh, so that was cute. But uh, generally speaking, I felt kind of the same. <laughs> he's just kind of he's obnoxious, and it's like, wow, what? Why are you so great? What, how are you helping the show? Great question. Well, Andy. It's been a real week. Guys, sure if you has. want to write to us, you can do that. Uh, you can email us at uh, a, an address that Andy knows. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, making, he's talking all authoritatively. And now watch me mangle it. Uh, sttncpod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at Star Trek TNC. Um, and then I'm going to get an Instagram thing up in the near future. I don't think don't, you're actually going to do your that. <laughs> but... Uh, Maybe we'll get somebody who wants to do our menial tasks. Eh, I doubt it. Four to zero. That was too loud of a transport. Right, I think something went. Goodbye. (laughs) Disengage. Forgot my keys.